Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. And I've got to say, Christmas is just around the corner, and I'm kind of tired. I don't know how everybody else is feeling, and I'm not a big gift giver, you know, of presents and shopping. To me, Christmas is not about that, but even just watching everybody around me kind of stresses me out. So if that's what you guys are doing today and you've been rushing all day, take some time for yourself, disconnect for, you know, 40 minutes, an hour, and come and join me with my really beautiful new friend that I've just met and just, yeah, unwind because I think right now at this season is we really need to do that and get grounded again. So I am so excited. I'm so excited to introduce you all to Dominice Clifton. How are you today? Mm, today, today, like in this moment, I'm feeling really good. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So I'm going to let you guys know a little bit more about Dominique. So she is the founder of Move and Still. I love that name. She's also the host of the School of Healing podcast. I mean, you've got it, girl, with these titles. It's just like Zen. I love it. So Dominique, she's on a mission to guide others to rewrite their stories by releasing and reconnecting to remember their most authentic self. That's what the Giving Starts With You podcast is all about. She is a registered yoga instructor and certified trauma-informed breathwork and meditation facilitator. Her spiritual transformation began after struggling for many years and finally releasing her own trauma, which originated in childhood. We all can associate with that. We all have these things that come into our lives and change who we are and introduce us to new parts of the world. She entered the wellness industry as a nutrition and wellness coach with the desire to guide others to heal stored stress and trauma, which manifested physically in their bodies. Today, Dominice is the founder of Move and Still, Nourish Wellness Collective, which is coming right around the corner in 2023. And she promotes emotional well-being for the mind, body, soul, and uses body-centered approaches to healing, including yoga, meditation, and our main topic today, breath work. And I'm so happy that she accepted my invitation today because this isn't something we've really talked about on this show, but breath work is a huge part of giving to yourself. Mm -hmm. So Dominice, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. And in order for us to understand like where you started and where you are now, can you tell us a little bit about 
your story about your personal story and how you even got introduced to breathwork, like what it did for you. Yeah. Um, thank you again for having me. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. As I shared, I feel like this conversation is just going to be replenishing for me at a time where I'm feeling a little bit empty. Um, so thank you for having me. So as far as, gosh, how I got started, I can't tell the story of how I got started today without like going all the way back because my story started so long ago. Um, so I was born to a teen mom and I never met my, I've never met my biological father. And so I was born into a very traumatic situation. Um, my mother, when she carried me, she hid me for most of her pregnancy and she held on to a lot of shame, a lot of guilt and a lot of fear. And we know today that, you know, when you're in pregnant, when you're in embryo, right. And your, your mother is dealing with these sorts of emotions, those things can get passed on to the baby. And so I was already born into a situation where I was housing a lot of stress and a lot of fear and a lot of trauma. And I, as a child, felt all of those emotions, but didn't really know how to process and cope with cope with them. And so I started to, um, I, I, I turned to food as a way to cope. And so I had a eating dis disorder very young. I overate and I was an emotional eater and I gained weight rapidly. And so seven years old, I was a pretty normal weight. And then by eight years old, I was very overweight. And I guess because of the suddenness of the weight gain, I immediately felt a lot of shame myself and started hiding. And, you know, I remember field days and PE days and feeling embarrassed and not wanting to show up and run with the other kids because I was afraid of how people would judge me. And so at a very young age, those experiences caused me to hide, to dim my light, to not want to be seen by the world. And I held on to lots of shame, lots of fear, um, lots of my own trauma for many years. And I just kind of suppressed it and forgot about it and went on about my life, you know, living and existing, but not really living because I was very numb for most of my life. And so about two years ago, I got to a point after having my second daughter where I was just tired. Like I was just tired of not feeling good physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like just existing in the world, but not really feeling like myself. And I, I got still and I started, I went inward. I say, I started meditating. And at the time, breathwork wasn't a modality for me, but I was meditating heavily and just allowing myself to start to ask some of those hard questions that I had ran from, from a long time. Like what happened to me and allowing myself just to go back and like open the door that I had closed and, you know, barricaded and forgotten for so long. And it was during that time that I I actually got a message while I was meditating to focus every day for 90 days on my mind, my body, and my spirit. And 90 days was really hard for me because I had never done anything consistently before. And so doing all three of those things every single day was, was a challenge. But that 90 days literally changed my entire life. I always tell people that when I came out of that three-month process, I looked a little bit different physically, like maybe lost 15 pounds, but I was a completely different person. In that time, I had just like strengthened my mind. I had allowed myself to begin the healing process and to release a lot of what I was holding on to. And of course, in three months, I didn't release all of it, but it was the start of that journey. And I think once I came out of that, like I was able to like turn that light back on that had been dim for so long really just allowing myself to reconnect with my soul after being, you know, disconnected from for so long from my body and and my spirit. 
And so that's what really got me here today. I feel like everything since then has just been kind of following the path, the breadcrumbs on the path. And so after working in, you know, healing myself, starting the process of healing myself, I established a healthier relationship with food. I was able to lose the weight and keep the weight off. And then I wanted to serve other women in that way who have been struggling because I knew what it was like to struggle with my weight for so long and to feel so defeated for so long by this thing that I just couldn't overcome. And so I started out in the wellness industry as a nutrition and wellness coach. And I did that for about a year and a half. I launched that right in the midst of COVID, which was an interesting Mm -hmm. time. Um, And I love that work. I love connecting with other women, most of whom were mothers and just really struggling to balance life with being a mom, being a partner, you know, being a career woman or a businesswoman. And we all know what it's like to try to juggle all the things and feel like you're drowning every day. And so as a coach, that was really the way that I supported women. And so that work actually led to me starting moving still, because what I realized was there was this underlying pattern with each of my clients. They would come to me and they would want to lose weight and they want to live healthier And they were all very stressed out. And I was also very stressed out. It was the middle of COVID. I was home with two little ones, a three-year-old and a newborn. And so I was just like, I got to figure out how to support all of us. And so I started doing research on how to manage stress and, you know, what do we do with burnout and like how to overcome burnout. And what I found really blew my mind. And I realized, oh my gosh, like so many of the things that we see in our society, whether it's disease, whether it's ailments, you know, whether it's depression or anxiety, whether it's violence, like a lot of the things that are plaguing our communities are due to unaddressed stress and trauma. And so my heart led me here to do the work as the founder of Move and Still, which is really, as you shared, about educating people on how to manage stress, how to recover from trauma, how to really nurture themselves so that they have a, they reach an optimum mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is kind of how the path has unfolded for me. And I would say in the last year and a half, I found breathwork. It hasn't been that long, but breathwork has been such a beautiful part of my own journey, um, because it's given me the ability to pause. If I had to just like summarize it, um, I used to be a very reactive person. And a lot of times people see me now and are more grounded and more calm, not always, but a lot calmer than I used to be. And I attribute those changes and just that ability to be still and pause and not be so reactive and so responsive to breath work. And so it's a little bit about how I got to where I am today and doing the work that I'm doing today. Thank you for sharing that personal story with us. I think hearing that will really um, allow the person who's listening at home to feel connected with, with us today. Because I think sometimes when we do hide Um, some of our journey, it doesn't really do anybody else justice when we're trying to help people. So I respect that very much. And I love when people decide to dedicate what they do or how they earn a living, let's say, to something they completely believe in and that they've gone through. Because it's not just a business. It's not just a job. It becomes a way of life Mm -hmm. and people can really connect with you because you've been there, you know what it feels like on both sides. So it does allow the safe space for people who want to work with you. You know what I mean? It's not everything is learned in a textbook. I mean, you need to have both like the skills, but I think the experience brings a lot to that too. Mm -hmm. So thanks for sharing it here. And, uh, I actually, I have to say that I appreciate you for saying that because 
for a long time, I was very afraid to do this work because I didn't feel like I was good enough because I didn't have a, like I wasn't a therapist or a psychologist. And so I was really afraid to speak on these topics. But what I've learned and what several people have shared with me was that my lived experience over two decades of struggling and going through, you know, unaddressed depression, but now knowing what depression looks like very much so as a child, like dealing with and working through these things and being able to overcome these things makes me credible. Um, and then also like I've gone through tons of certifications and things, but more than any of that, like it's just my own lived experience. So I really just appreciate you for saying that. Um, because for a long time, I was afraid to show up in spaces and talk about these really heavy topics, although I had lived through them, because I didn't have, you know, what we typically see as like an expert background. So, Girl, I appreciate that. I'm coming from the same space. And I know. So like, some people will say, well, who are you to give me advice? Or who are you to? I'm like, look, I can tell you that I suffered for 12, 15 years. And I can tell you what helped me. It may not help you. But I can tell you a new way. I can show you something maybe you haven't thought of before. You know, you don't have to do what I say, but consider it as something that can help you, you know. And I, for me, if I was going to work with somebody, I would surely pick the person who had both mm -hmm. over someone who didn't have the experience because you can really connect with that person. So thank you. But so I suffer from anxiety and depression and manage it very well now. I didn't always. How can breath work help someone who is going through those panic attacks, that that um, burnout, that overwhelm? Because sometimes in, in what I do, sometimes I tell people not to pause mm -hmm. because in the way that I'm thinking of it, it's like, don't stop doing the things that you love because I teach purpose and passion. So when we're talking about this and I hear you saying you need to pause, I completely agree with that too. So two different things that help us and two opposites. Mm -hmm. So I think we really need to understand the thing, the reasons behind each of those. Do you know what I mean? I do. So breathwork is, gosh, it's such a beautiful healing modality. So essentially breathwork is the act of conscious breathing. So right now we're having a conversation and you and I are breathing automatically and we don't have to think about it. And it's a really beautiful thing that our body does the same way that our hearts beat, our hearts beat, and, you know, we digest food and all of these wonderful things that happen automatically. And when we, when we engage in breathwork, it's us consciously breathing. And so we're changing the structure of our breathing pattern. And what that does is that, so we are all made of trillions of cells, our bodies. And what breathwork does is that it allows us to go in on a cellular level and begin to re release the stress and trauma that our bodies are holding on to. Now, obviously it's not a one and done sort of thing, but if done consistently, it can be really helpful for allowing you to release stress, to release trauma that you're holding on to, hold that your cells are holding on to, and really beginning to like restructure your body. And so I mentioned that I used to be a very reactive person. I have been able to like learn to slow down, not always, but I'm I'm able to more often um, learn to slow down and really like pause before responding to things because I've gone in and like rerouted some of those cells and you know that were used to just responding and reacting in a in a, in a trauma response a trauma reactive way, and so that is essentially what we do when we breathe. That's sort of the long term effects. Um, you know, if you breathe and let's just say you're feeling stressed or you're feeling anxious, you can immediately feel a shift in your body just by doing breath work. 
what it does is that it slows down and shifts your nervous system. And so we have our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight response or, you know, fight, flight, freeze, fall, and all of those things. And that's typically what we're feeling when we're dealing with stress, when we're dealing with burnout, when we're dealing with anxiety, we've been triggered, right? We've been triggered, something has happened, we've encountered a stressor, and our body is responding to that. And so when we breathe, we allow ourselves to essentially turn off the sympathetic nervous system, that flight or fight, fight or flight response. And it allows us to turn on the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's our rest and digest, or some folks say rest and restore. And when we do that, we send a signal to our brain, just letting ourselves know that we're okay, that we're safe in that moment. And then you'll start to feel the stress dissipate or the anxiety that you might be feeling start to dissolve and go away. Um, and so that's the the really beautiful thing about breath work. And you mentioned um, like the movement piece the, the the pausing versus like the continuing through and I think that that's a really um, great differentiator because we are taught um, we are taught in breath work that every breath pattern is going to be different based on what someone needs and so if I'm dealing with someone who's very lethargic and you know maybe feeling depressed or dealing with depression I'm not going to give them a very like slow and calming breathing practice because they need something that actually does the opposite. They need something that's going to bring in some fire that's going to trigger their nervous system, maybe turn on that flight or fight to like wake them up, right? Because their their energy is a little bit lower. And so in that space, I might not suggest doing something slow that's going to make them pause. I might give them a more quick, you know, a more, a faster breathing pattern, something again, that's going to ignite the fire inside of them um, versus someone who might be dealing with a lot of stress and dealing with a lot of burnout and they do need to be calmed down. And so I think from Kate, you know, on a case by case basis, when you're working with the client, you really have to understand what their needs are, what their long-term goals are to design a plan that works for them um, based on, based on where they are and where they're trying to go. Yeah, I think that I love that you said that because sometimes I'm like this and sometimes I'm just, you know, and it makes sense. Like at the end of the day, it just makes sense, you know, and I'm sure that you're teaching people why so that they understand what is happening and you teach them all the different patterns so that when they have these moments or even prevent these moments from happening. So sometimes even when somebody, sometimes I like to think, you know, everybody has this time in their life where some somebody says something to them and we react and don't react maybe the way that we want, right? So we're like, oh, I wish I had a list of comebacks in my back pocket, mm-hmm. you know? And this is sort of like a preventative method too. Once you get really good at it, then you kind of have the skill in your back pocket. It's second nature. It just, you just do it and maybe don't even realize. Whereas when you're learning it and tell me if I'm wrong, but when you're learning it, it is very intentional. You do have to remember to stop and do it right? Like anything. Yes, absolutely. So I, so when I talk about that pause, right, there's, there's like, So I'm a mama. I'm a mother of two young girls. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And I would say that my girls are probably one of the like biggest triggers for me um, because, you know, something happens and then I instantly get like activated by it and I want to respond. What breathwork has done is that it allows me to have like a second of pause 
And that second of pause allows me to think about how I want to respond and not just be on autopilot and instantly yell or instantly get overwhelmed or, you know, whatever the case is. And sometimes that moment of pause is, okay, now let me take a breath and now let me respond to this. And so just like pausing for a second, taking two to three slow breaths to calm down my nervous system, to tell my body that I'm safe, to tell my body that, you know, these are just my kids. They're not trying to do anything to harm me. They're just little, little people. Um, that gives me a moment to be in control of my response and not go through what you said, which is like you do the thing and then you feel really bad after because you're like, why did I respond that way? And so that is what breathwork has done for me. And that that might look different from for each person that practices. It can be helpful, like if you're at work and your boss or a, co a colleague says something to you that triggers you, instead of you instantly responding and possibly jeopardizing your job or getting the email that triggers you and then instantly replying back angrily, you pause for a second, you take a few deep breaths, your nervous system, again, triggers that parasympathetic response that sends a signal to your body that, hey, I'm safe right now. I don't have to fight right now. Like, I'm okay. And then your body starts to calm down just through breathing consciously. And then you can really decide from a, a logically thinking place, how do I want to respond to this? Because what happens is that when we are in stressful situations, all of the brain rushes back to our amygdala, which is our fight or flight response. And so the logical part of our brain shuts off. And so when someone says something to you, or maybe you're in, getting in an argument and you know, you're, you're feeling yourself get upset, your logical brain isn't even functioning to think, how do I want to respond to this? Your body is instantly like, what am I going to do to get myself out of this? Like, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> and so when you start to breathe, you like re begin to reset that whole entire process. You get the brain going, you get the blood going back to the front of the brain, that thinking logical part of the brain. And then again, you can control how you want to respond. So that is essentially, all of these things happen really, really fast with just a few breaths, but that is essentially what breath work does. It starts to like reprogram our response, but then in, in a moment, we can also like take back the control in a situation where we do feel triggered um, if, if we are in a situation that feels stressful for us. Or you're like you're me, you're, or you're like me where you have teenagers. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh dear Lord. And I remember when I was a teenager and try to, you know, work on that, but breath work will definitely come in handy. So for people that are thinking, oh, this, this is different than meditation, right? Mm -hmm. So how is it different? Yeah. So meditation is a process of almost like observing your thoughts. Like when you're meditating, you, you are focused on the breath. It, the breath is a, a really great way to anchor yourself. So I always tell people when I'm guiding folks in meditation to let the breath be your anchor. And so sometimes for many people, especially if you don't meditate often, and even if you do, right, like every day is different. You have days where you sit down to meditate and your thoughts are just going and they're going and they're going and you're trying to like stop them because that's what we think meditation is about. So when you start to focus on the breath and you just focus on how it feels when you breathe in and how it feels when you exhale, that like focus begins to shift away from the thoughts. And so it begins to allow the thoughts to settle but you're not changing your breathing pattern there. You're just mm -hmm. breathing naturally and you're focusing there. And so meditation is just a automatic breathing process. And it's a process of observing the thoughts and not again, trying to change them or stop them or anything like, right. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we do think that when you meditate, you're supposed to stop the thoughts. I always say, just imagine that you're watching a movie screen and those thoughts are just coming past. 
that differs from breath work because again, breath work is consciously shifting the breath. And so when you're meditating, it's happening automatically. You're focusing on it. But when you're breathing, when you're participating in breath work, you're consciously trying to shift the breathing pattern to uh, trigger a different response in the body. And so going back to, again, if you feel yourself getting triggered or like anxious, you can say, okay, I like, you know, you feel that like the blood starts, the heart starts to beat, that sort of thing. You immediately know, okay, I just need to take a few deep breaths and calm myself down. Or again, if I'm feeling really tired or, you know, lethargic, there are breathing patterns that you can do to wake yourself up. So that's a completely different process from meditation, although they are both very beautiful process to really help with managing stress, managing trauma and being more mindful and less reactive. Well, thank you for, you know, clearing that up because I'm sure that some people are wondering, some people are listening and wondering, and we want to try to make it as easy for them as possible, right? A great question. And I, I always, I always preface my meditative practice with breath work because I think that it's a great way to like slow down the thoughts and really just get myself ready and so when I'm doing my morning routine I'll breathe first and then I'll go into meditation because again the thoughts have started to slow down like my body is calm and then when I jump into meditation it's a lot easier for me to settle Mm -hmm. down and like just get into that present moment um so if someone is like well how do these fit or you know which one should I do I love to do breath work as a precursor for meditation because you've allowed your mind to start to settle and not that it's completely settled sometimes that still takes time but breath work is a beautiful way to quiet the mind and tune into the heart and so that is you know what we're trying to do when we meditate is like let the mind be quiet so we can tune into our intuition and I always say that breath work is like a clear channel to really tune straight into the heart into that intuitive voice yeah I could see how it would just make things um, not easier but just flow better you know and one into the other and they're two different things that can work together for some people Absolutely. So I have a question from personal question, because I need to, I'm just, I'm interested and I need to learn more. So here's my question. I'm hearing you say that you can use it to pause before you react to something, but you can also do it on its own without there needing to be anything to react to. And you start it in your morning routine, right? So if you're doing it So what I'm understanding is when you don't have a lot of time and someone is coming at you with something and you need to get grounded, you know, and try to change and shift and pause in that moment, it may be a very, very short Mm -hmm. breath work that you need to do. Whereas if you're doing it as a morning routine to get grounded every day, you're trying to manage your anxiety and depression, like a chronic thing then how long would you typically do it for? Like, just does, do you know when you've just, when your body feels different that you can stop or is there like a suggestion? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, So I'll I'll speak to both parts of that. So Mm -hmm. in the moment, right, a few breaths is all that it takes to begin to calm the nervous system down. And so again, if something happens, you can, there's there's a very grounding breath, which is called the halo active breath. And so that's in through the nose and out through the mouth. And if it's okay, I'll demonstrate just what- Yes, absolutely. So that one is taking a big breath in from the belly and then-
And so that is, again, a very grounding, calming breath. The goal for that one is to pull the breath all the way from the belly up to the chest and then the re- and then to release from the chest to the belly. So really engaging the full like front uh, the full body. So a lot of times when we're stressed out or when we're just used to existing in fight or flight, we only breathe from our chest, but we really want to breathe from the diaphragm and engage the belly in the breathing. And so that's so just guys, if you're listening, it's not just taking a one breath and slowing it down. There's yeah. a process. Yeah. So you go from your belly. Yes. Full diaphragmatic breathing is pulling all the way from the belly, like allowing your chest to expand and then releasing. And for people that are not used to that, you'll instantly feel the difference in your body. It's almost like waking up the body, right? Because again, like sometimes we can just be used to just pulling from the chest. So that is what I would suggest like in the moment. And then there are so many types of breathing practices that you can do like if you're just wanting to start your day and start your day centered or again maybe you wake up feeling tired and maybe you don't need to be grounded like maybe you need to get a little pick-me-up the timing depends it varies from person to person so the way that I was trained anything that is under uh eight minutes so seven minutes or less essentially is called an integrative practice and so that's something very quick that you can do that you can integrate into your day So you can breathe for two minutes, you can breathe for a minute, you can breathe for seven minutes. Like, you know, if you're sitting at your desk and you're feeling like you're stressed out, you can breathe for three minutes. So anything between, let's just say one and seven minutes, right? That's integrative, integrated into your day. And then you have the more meditative breath practices, which are the longer practices. So anything over that like seven, eight minute mark, all the way up to like an hour is a meditative practice. Do you have to breathe for an hour? No, you can breathe for 10 minutes. You can breathe for 15 minutes and still get the benefit of breath work. It really just varies from person to person. I typically um, like to maybe do about a 20 minute breath work session in the morning um, because I find that, especially because I've been breathing longer now, it takes a little bit longer for my body to be activated by breath work. Whereas if I breathe for two or three minutes, like in the morning, it's not going to do much for me because I've been doing it for so long. And so I I usually have to have a longer session for me to feel like those impacts, but it's going to vary from person to person. And so just to summarize, you can breathe under seven minutes. Like if all you have is two or three breaths, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to time it or you can breathe over that seven minute mark all the way up to an hour. And you're going to really feel the effects of that. And what I will caution is that There are lots of physical shifts and sensations and changes that happen in the body as we're moving air and energy. And so while you might not feel those changes happen with that shorter integrative session, you're most likely going to feel those if you're doing those longer 10, 15, 20 minute sessions. And so I want to just, you know, warn someone that if they're doing a session on their own, maybe they're going to find a video on YouTube and try to practice. Just notice that you can have physical changes. So you can feel the tingling. You might feel some lightheadedness in the body or pressure in the head, or not, not lightheadedness in the body. You'll feel some lightheadedness in the head or pressure in the head. You might notice that you have an emotional release, especially for those longer sessions. And so maybe you start to cry or feel sad or feel angry, like you're allowing yourself to essentially release emotions that you've been hanging on to when you when you breathe. And that's a really beautiful thing. 
But if, again, you're not aware of what can happen, it can be a little bit scary or maybe triggering for some people. Um, some people have the urge to move or make noise. So like letting out a scream or a sigh, there's all these physical things that can happen in the body with those longer sessions. And so if anyone is interested in doing a breathwork session, I would say just be aware that those things can happen. Or of course, maybe your first couple of sessions, do them with a the trusted facilitator who can help to hold space for what is coming up for you. And just to let you know if things happen that feel uncomfortable, that it's a part of the process. And maybe don't start there. Maybe start with something a little bit shorter just to get yes. practice. So usually that is what I do. So if someone is new to breathwork, I would start with shorter sessions. And so I would usually maybe kind of like dipping your foot into the cold water. Like you're not going to just jump into the freezing cold pool. Not me, at least. Um, so those first couple of sessions, I would start with shorter integrative sessions, which just we call it titration. It allows your body to begin to like get used to this new thing. Because what can happen is that especially with people that have experienced a lot of trauma or that are holding on to a lot of trauma, it can be re-traumatizing to your body to do too much too soon. And so that can be a really scary thing. And so what you want to do is you want to titrate. You want to build your build your resistance up for those longer sessions. And so I would not suggest for someone that's new to breathwork just to jump into a 30 or 40 minute breathing practice. It's going to be a lot on the body. I would suggest maybe a shorter, you know, seven or eight minute session with the slower breath, like the one I just demonstrated doing that a few times, getting your body used to that, and then increasing the amount of time, changing the breathwork pattern as we go. Um, and so again, if you're, the, the beautiful thing about working with someone one-to-one, -one, um, so I've done one-to-one -one sessions and group sessions, is that you really get to tailor the session to that person's needs and goals, right? And so if someone comes and they're like, I have a lot of anxiety and I really just want to work on like building up my own toolbox to be able to manage that, we're going to focus on in that breathwork session Number one, titrating the body and getting the body used to breathing in this way, but also like giving you some specific practices that you can use in the moment when your mind starts to race and you start to feel anxious that can begin to help to calm your body down. I love that. I love that so much because no, really, because, you know, I think you're giving people so much information that they can actually not be afraid to try it, you know, but I want people to know that just like any tools you learn, because there are different things that you can do. Um, don't be upset if it doesn't work the first time. Like sometimes we want an instant fix and it's not, it takes practice. And I know Dominice that you offer a 10 minute download breath work free download on your website so start with that you know sign up to to uh listen to that and i'm going to do that after our session so i invite you guys all to listen and to be a part of that and try it you know i'm all about trying new things you know sometimes depending on the people that i speak to they're like oh well that kind of sounds a little bit mm, foo-foo or that kind of sounds a little bit you know like this or meditation or breath work or all of these things and I'm like have you tried it it's just like when my son you know oh I don't like apples well have you tried it like oh it's my favorite food you know don't knock it till you try it like try it if you're suffering and you're holding things in why not try everything yeah. you know find out what works for you right I agree with that and I will say too, that we learned when, when I was getting certified that every breathing experience is going to be different. And so 
you might have a session where you're like, well, this was stupid, nothing happened, but that doesn't mean that nothing happened, right? Just because it doesn't feel like anything is happening, that doesn't mean that there aren't things that are happening in the body. And so I have sessions where I come out and I'm like, okay, didn't feel anything today. And then I have sessions where I have a full emotional release or I feel the tingling or, you know, my, my temperature changes and I'm cooling down or heating up, you know, those sorts of things. And so our, my teacher used to, the founder of the program, she always used to say, don't go into breath work with an expectation of like, I want this like really hardcore session where yes. I'm going to come out and like, you know, feel all of these things. Cause you might not have that that day, but then you can have that a different day. And so just going into each session without expectation and just allowing your body to do whatever it needs to do, really trusting your body in that way and honoring your body in that way kind of takes away that like, you know, this isn't working or, you know, this is an effective sort of thing, because if you're breathing, it's working, it's doing what your body needs that day. And you really, like I said, have to just trust and honor your body in that way, knowing that your body knows what it needs. Yeah. And like a lot of things in life, you know, sometimes our expectations are too high right off the top and we always get disappointed. So going in with a positive attitude it, with anything, it really helps, you know. So I have one question here for you. Um, is it okay if, so I'm one of those people that I never feel rested when I wake up, just I have bad sleeping patterns. I'm trying to work on that. So is it okay to like do the breath work that kind of gets me pumped and then do the one that calms me down? So you can mix breathing patterns. And so um, it's almost like choreography where you can kind of play around with adding okay. like a few different. So typically if I've been breathing with someone for a couple of sessions, like I might not start out with doing two or three, but let's just say, you know, we've breathed together a few times. I feel like your body is, you know, is uh, ready and prepped enough to to experiment with some other breathing patterns. I can mix them. And I also like there's music involved in this process. And so all of those things together have different mm -hmm. impacts on your body. And so in one breathing session, you could start out very grounded and very slow, which just to help, which helps you to just ground in and drop into that moment and just be present, starts to slow the mind down, just allows the body to relax. And then maybe we speed it up just a little bit with a different pattern. And then maybe by the end, we're doing something that's a little bit more engaging for the body. Um, and then I might like bring you back down again with the slower breath. And so to answer your question in one session, yes, you can definitely have that wave of like, a, you know, a slower grounding breath and then a, a breath that's a little bit faster. Um, it From Love day it. to day, it depends on what you need. Yep. Wow. That's fantastic. I've learned so much from you today. Oh my goodness. Thank you. What would you say is the biggest gift you have given to yourself that has allowed you to change the way you think about who you are or what you're about? Oh my gosh. The biggest gift I've given myself that has allowed me to change the way I think. Wow. I know it's, it's a tough one. Sometimes there's more than one, but sometimes there's something that happens or that we allow to happen that really makes us look at ourselves differently and better than mm -hmm. we did before. So what is coming to mind for me in this moment is the gift of stillness. Um, so my organization, Move and Still, when I was first starting the organization, I was starting the organization saying physical movement is the most efficient way to move the body. And so I was trying to think of a name with movement, like something with movement. And I remember wanting to name it movement. And that was like already taken and trademarked. And so I was like, well, damn it, got to go back to the drawing board on this one. But I was only focused on the movement piece. And then I was going through a breathwork certification at this time. And like, 
being still all the time and like doing restorative yoga and meditating all of these things and then one day I realized like it is important to move our bodies to allow ourselves to release that stress but we also need that balance of just sometimes being still and that was something that was unfamiliar to me because I was always someone that was used to moving and going and doing and just being busy. And that felt really comfortable and safe for me. And my body was always in like a stress response, like stress activated place. Stillness was uncomfortable in the beginning. It was unfamiliar. It was foreign territory for my body, but it was the most healing thing that I could give myself just being still like the act of being still the act of just sitting or just being or just resting. And that is something that I think today I am still like allowing myself to indulge in more because a lot of times like when I'm just being still I can feel like I need to be doing something and have like guilt about that or be mm. thinking about my to do list. But stillness has been such a healing modality for me, like just the art of holding a restorative yoga pose, you know, maybe like a recline butterfly pose and just allowing, again, my body to do what it needs to do. I can't tell you how many moments in stillness I had emotional release or I had traumatic things come up that were ready to be released. A lot of times we think that we have to be doing for something to be happening. And that's just not true. Sometimes we just need to hold space for our body to do what it needs to do. And so that was a really long way of saying that the art of nothing, the art of stillness has probably been one of the greatest healing modalities I've given myself. I love that. I honestly love that. And as a mom and for parents who are listening, this is something we need to teach our kids. Yeah. Because we're not all brought up to believe that, you know, I came, I'm from a Portuguese immigrant family. And if you stopped doing, you were being lazy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And not because it came from a bad place, just because this is what they knew. And I think it's really important to understand that doing nothing is different than being still. Mm -hmm. and neither one is laziness you know so if you guys are listening and you have kids I think that's something really important to teach them you know and I remember I remember when my son was little and I wanted to do some breath work and meditation and I'm like will you give me five minutes to just do it and instead I taught him to do it with me because I couldn't get away from him for five minutes so he was a very needy child colicky child very um, clingy, beautiful heart, very empath empathetic soul, but very exhausting. And so I'm like, the only way I'm going to get this time is if we do it together. So eventually, you know, you teach, you learn, you teach, you learn, you teach. And, and it was, it's amazing. So he's learned something, but it also allowed me kind of the escape, like kind of a trick, you know what I mean? Because sometimes we say we don't have time. We don't have time to pause. We don't have time. But you all heard uh, Dominique's talk about it can be short and still powerful. So, and I I think that that whole concept of we don't have time. One of the things that I got really good at as a coach is helping my clients to find time. So I wasn't teaching breath work at that time, but I was helping them with finding like small pockets of time in their day to pause. 
Um, so for example, I used to always have my clients do mindset training. And so that was like listening to something motivational or inspirational. And they'd be like, oh, I don't have time. And I'm like, well, when you're getting dressed, that's about maybe 10 minutes that you can have like a podcast playing or a YouTube video that feels really good. And so instead of listening to music or multitasking with social media, like whatever things we find to fill our time, here's 10 minutes where you can listen to something that's going to help train your mind and like really get you going for the day. And the same is true for breath work. So when I talked about those integrative sessions, they're called integrative sessions because they're meant to be like woven into our day. They're not necessarily things that we have to stop our whole entire day to do. And mm -hmm. so when you're washing dishes or if you're like me loading the dishwasher, that's a good like seven to 10 minute process, right? You can be breathing, slowing down your breathing, like being intentional about just like, tuning your awareness into your breath at that moment and just like as you're emptying out the dishwasher mm. flowing back and forth or even in the shower like you know when what are you doing when you're in the shower you can be in the shower being very intentional about your breathing or we don't I do not recommend breathing or doing breath work while in the car but even like as a way to just bring your awareness into that moment, because a lot of times like we drive on autopilot, like especially if we're going somewhere that we're used to going. So we're going to work. We're not even co like consciously thinking about that act. But what if you just for that moment, just like really place all of your awareness and your attention on that drive and just allow yourself to be fully present in that moment. Again, I don't suggest doing breath work while driving, but there are ways that we can be creative with our time and like multitask in a way that is more beneficial to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some of us take the train and some of us take the bus and okay, some, yeah. you know, some, some don't drive, but it's, I, I agree. I, I think I think that sometimes if we think of something as, oh my goodness, I have to add another thing into the day, then it ain't going to happen. Okay. <laughs> but if you say, this is just as important as brushing my teeth, like we're not going to say, oh, we don't have time to brush our teeth and go out the door. It's something that we do. So I think once people see the benefit, then they make it a part of their day. They stop thinking of it as, oh my gosh, another thing to put on my list, you know, and like you said, you don't have to replace it. If you, if you are a busy person, you don't have to replace it with something that's necessary. You can do them together. You can find time to, you know, we all go to sleep. We all lie down and get ready for bed, you know, like there's, yeah. So thank you. Cause I think you have um, given us a lot of examples and explained for, for someone who is new to this, explained how we can do it, why we should do it. And what it does for us, really. So I don't think there's anything negative about it. So people go try, you know. <laughs> go try. I think what you said earlier is perfect. Like you will never know how it feels or how your body responds to it if you don't try. Mm -hmm. And I would also encourage you to try, but maybe try for a couple of days, like not just a one and done. And like, like we talked about, oh, well, this didn't work for me or I feel the same because things take time, right? Like we, we we typically tend to put our ego, puts a timeline on our healing process. And I should be done with this by now because I've been doing this for a week or however long, like we've been doing it. But the body has a completely different timeline when it comes to healing or working through and releasing things versus what your mind thinks is, uh, what your mind thinks it needs. And so Again, having compassion with yourself and just allowing yourself to explore whether it's breath work or any modality, but knowing that things take time. Like I shared that it 
I was, you know, struggling with my weight and struggling with depression for over two decades. So I, it wouldn't be realistic for me to do something for a month and be like, okay, well now I'm healed and I'm done. And I can check this off my list because it took a lot longer to get there. And so just keeping that in mind with whatever you're going through and dealing with, it took time for you to get to where you are. And it's going to take time for you to allow your body to release those things to be in a different place. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I appreciate it. Cause I don't want people to get discouraged and, you know, there are a lot of different things that we talk about on this podcast and breathwork now is one of them. Thank you. Um, most of the people who listen to this show are genuinely givers mm -hmm. and not necessarily take care of themselves. And that's the whole premise of the show. So don't think of this as, oh my goodness, I don't have time. When am I going to fit it in? I'm trying to help all these people because being present with yourself will allow you to do more for other people. You know, I was in a, in a corner huddled for 12 years and it wasn't until I looked at the hard stuff and did the work and put the time in that I'm able to help my community and now people around the world. And that doesn't come from emptiness, you know, so it is important and how you feel before and how you feel during and after is so different you know, and we deserve that, you know, a lot of times we don't feel that we're worthy enough. We have so many people to look after. We have our kids, we have our jobs, we have our businesses, we have all of these things and we have to be healthy in order to do all of those things. And it didn't, it didn't always sit well with me, but it does now. And now that I know it, you know, I want to tell everybody about it, right? Because we don't always feel that at the beginning. We don't always, like, it's not possible. These are for people who are rich and have everything and who don't need to work and who, it's, that's not the way it goes. And sometimes the more you resist it, those are the people that need it the most. I love, I love and appreciate you for saying that. Um, so one of the benefits of breath work is like mental clarity and energy, and I think for people who are so used to pouring into others and showing up, you know, to be of service to other people that are not used to giving to themselves, number one, like getting some mental clarity and getting some energy can be a really great benefit. But what I have found as a mother of two young children who is a full-time entrepreneur, who's also a partner in managing many other things in my life is that I am a better version of myself. I am a more patient and loving and kind version of myself. I'm a fuller version of myself who has a greater capacity when I pour into myself first. And on those occasions where let's just say I'm running late in the morning or I'm tired, so I oversleep and I don't get up to do the thing, or I don't make time for yoga before I start my day, like whatever it looks like for me that day, I can just feel the difference in how I show up and how I respond versus those days when I do take a little bit of time, even if it's just 10 minutes to nourish myself. And so I would urge the person that feels very busy and who thinks that they don't have the time to maybe like do an experiment for the next few days and take 10 minutes to do something for yourself, whether it's breath work or just going for a walk or whatever that looks like. And then see how you show up on those days versus the days where you don't pour into yourself. And I think that that makes a stronger case than anything that we can say to convince people that it's important because you literally feel the difference in your body. Yeah, exactly. So don't be hard on yourself if it's not working right away. <laughs> Love yourself enough to try something new. Don't give up too fast. And 
even though, you know, inflation is like crazy right now. Okay. Breath work. Once you learn it and once you have somebody to help you teach it, because you do need to have somebody to guide you. You don't, not that there's a wrong way, but there is a way to get the most out of it. Right. So it helps when you're working with someone like yourself. Um, but once you got the skills and once you're, once you're there, breath work is like one of the cheapest and most beneficial things you can do. Okay. Yeah. You always have it. That's such a great point as a, when I was a coach and then even now as a breathwork facilitator, I feel like I am not doing my job well if someone needs me forever. And so as a coach, it was like, I had, you know, a certain amount of time that I work with someone and I'm really focused on getting that person to whatever their goal is or close to that goal by the time that we're done. And then if you still feel like you need some additional support, we can look at what that looks like. But I, you know, I don't, I don't want to work with someone forever because then I don't feel like I'm doing my job right. And so if as a breathwork facilitator, you feel like you only can breathe if I'm guiding you, I'm like, I'm not doing something right here because my goal with everything that I do is to give people the skills to really do this themselves because that's, ooh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's where the um that's where the 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 change happens. Like when you feel empowered to breathe yourself and pause yourself in your day-to-day -day life, that's where you're going to feel and see the most change. And so I love and appreciate you for saying that. Yeah. Dominice, where can we find you? Where can we learn more about you? Oh my gosh. So I am active on Instagram and LinkedIn. I am Dominice R. Clifton on both uh, both of those social media pages. It might be easy for you to drop a link. I will. It's complicated <laughs> to spell and I realize that. I'm always like, hmm, what's an easier version of that? But I'm Dominice R. Clifton on, again, like even on Facebook, um, I'm Dominice R. Clifton. And then my website is movex still. So X like xylophone, movexstill.com. The X is moving still. So it's just um the and sign in the name. And those are the best places to reach me if anyone has questions or wants to learn more. And then if you are interested in the free breathwork session that I am offering, it's a 10 minute breathwork session that is focused on really tuning into and connecting with your intuition. The, the link for that is tinyurl.com backslash breathe with Dom, D-O-M. And so again, I'll send you that updated link for you to share all that as well. But those are the ways that anyone who's interested in learning more, just staying connected can get in touch with me and stay in touch. I love that. And there's so much information in this episode. You guys got to listen to it again <laughs> because, you know, take some notes if you haven't already. Um, thank you. I will definitely drop all the links. It'll be easy for people to find you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come here and to educate me as well as the people that are listening. And sounds fun. It sound, I'm interested. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it changes things. So thank you. You're welcome. And let me know your thoughts after you, if you do have time to do that session, um, because I, I recorded that just for like my my special podcast appearances. And so I'm hoping that it like feels good to y'all. And so any feedback, even if you're listening, you're like, I loved it or it wasn't so great. Like I'm open to all of it. So let me know how it feels when you, when you breathe with me. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.